When you're smiling. Hey, you. Bubbly sparkling water is crisp, refreshing, and perfect for any occasion. Kind of like my voice, but in a can. No calories, no sweeteners, all smiles. Bubbly. Crack a smile. And today's podcast episode is brought to you by The Gallery. Now, let me just tell you this. If you're looking for the fantastic gift for your mom or your dad or anything, or maybe your girlfriend or your spouse or that certain someone, I recommend The Gallery, especially if you're moved into your first apartment or your first house. The Gallery is just a fantastic place to where you can actually have pictures hanging up in your house. And get this, they come from all over the world. Like, for instance, you actually have... India, you actually have Japan. You, if you want, like Colorado, you can go on ahead and get you something from Colorado. And let me just tell you this: this company is based out of New York. The gallery is a curated collection of photographs from around the world, like I mentioned. While we are all unable to travel, this is a great way to bring a piece of the world to you. All prints are made from 100% recycled aluminum, giving your wall that gallery finish. Right now, the gallery is offering our listeners 15% off of their purchase by using the code 15OFF. Go to thegallery.com. That's the G-A-L-R-Y.com so your wall will never be boring again. And decorate that wall, move into that house, grab your uh, mom or dad or your spouse something from the gallery, and I promise you that you will not be disappointed. Movie lovers, I'm welcome to the show for a nice podcast. I actually have a little bit of movie news that I want to actually talk about, a little bit of TV news. Not only that, guys, but this is your host, as always, for Movie Lovers Unite, John DiGiorgio, and it's an honor and a privilege to be able to talk about movies in front of a virtual water cooler. And this is what I want to do. This is actually going to be me cleaning the house a little bit. I just want to go on ahead and talk about a few things here. Number one, we actually have a website that you guys can actually go to now to where you guys can go on ahead, check out some TV movie news, some TV reviews, some movie reviews. And in fact, Tamika did an awesome job typing up this one article about some of the Kung Fu movies that she actually watched and everything. So go on ahead, check out MovieLoversUnite.com. I guarantee you, you guys are going to love what we actually have there. I type out a lot of the articles. I also do a little bit of the thumbnails as well. So go in and check that out when you guys actually have a chance. Another thing, too, guys, if you guys want to donate towards the show, which you don't have to, but, you know, if you guys feel like that you want to, this is just to keep the lights on at Movie Loves Unite. And this is actually to get better equipment, better stuff for my podcast. Not only that, but if I want to do digital codes for movies or TV shows that I actually want to give back to you guys, the fans, please donate a couple of dollars towards the show. It'll actually help us out a lot. We greatly appreciate it. But we understand, too, that during this pandemic, it might actually be hard to actually do that. But you guys don't have to do it if you don't want to. So, without further ado, let's go on ahead and get on with the show, shall we? So, today it was announced that The Walking Dead is actually going to be ending after 11 seasons. Now, Here's the thing. I loved The Walking Dead. Keyword loved. Not love. Loved. Past tense. And I'm going to get to my reasons why I stopped watching the show in a few minutes. But here's the thing. I'm happy that it's actually ending. Because I feel like after a while, after 11 seasons, and I even said this on the podcast with Steven last 
last week or a week before last, where if once you get past three or four seasons, it becomes very repetitive to the point where everything just seems like it's just going around in a circle over and over again, and there's no there's no end point. So it's like, where do I go from here? What, where is this story going to go? What about these characters? Not only that, but you also have... Andrew Lincoln's not there anymore. You also have the actor that played Carl that's not there anymore. The only two people from uh, from season one is Daryl and Carol. And that's it. You don't have any of the main front people anymore that are part of the key showrunners. So there's that. But here's the reason why I stopped watching The Walking Dead. And it was because of the fact that I felt like it was very repetitive. Not only that, but my... Here's the thing, my passion for the show hasn't been on point like it used to be. I, I couldn't wait on a Sunday night to be able to watch The Walking Dead. It was just one of those things that I feel like it was my Sunday night ritual. Every single night, I would go on ahead and watch The Walking Dead. And the last thing that, that I actually watched was this, the part where Carol and Alpha are actually staring at each other. Carol's over a cliff and looking down and here's alpha looking back up at her and that was it that was like the last episode i actually watched i tried watching a little bit with tamika and stuff like that but my passion and love for the show is just not there anymore like it used to be i feel i feel very repetitive to the point where it's like okay where are they going to go with this there's no actual point in the show anymore or anything like that yeah you have alpha yeah you have uh the main actor from you know uh Remember the Titans and also Sons of Anarchy that's actually on the show as well. But there's no really any kind of fire that it used to be. There used to be this moment, moments on The Walking Dead where it's like, oh my god, Rick's in this uh, predicament. How is he going to get out of that predicament? Carol's in this predicament along with Daryl. How are they going to get out of this? Now it's pretty much repetitiveness. We already know for a fact that when something goes wrong... Daryl's going to be there with a crossbow. He's going to save Carol. Or he's vice versa. There's no sense of danger in this show that much anymore. At least how I felt. And I just I just don't really have that energy. That passion that I once had for this show. And I feel like that it's about time for them to actually end it. After 11 seasons. They had a good run. Not only that. But if you actually look at the numbers. And everything. And I don't have the numbers in front of me. But. Last season, the numbers weren't so high or anything like that for the show or anything like that. People stopped watching. The viewerships went down. And, you know, at that point, I thought, you know, that they would actually cancel the show because of how many views actually the viewerships have actually going down. And it's not me rooting against the show at all. It's just statistics, right? Because when you see something statistically went from going up and then like a roller coaster going down, Usually it means that it's time for the show to probably end soon. And I'm actually surprised that they actually renewed it again for another season considering the fact that the views have actually dropped dramatically over the years. But, you know, I think the best episode and the best season was the season when they actually introduced Negan. I love that and everything. Some people may say that he might be a little bit of a cartoon character towards the show and everything whenever he was actually being on the show, but I still loved seeing Negan on the show. I ended up calling him Uncle Negan for a while. But, you know, it's time to put an end to an era. It's time to actually put a fork in it and say that, you know what, we gave the characters what they needed to be. 
And this is how much we can actually go with these characters. We've done everything we can for them. They've grown. They traveled. They beat up some zombies. And it's time to move on and pack it in. And now there's also going to be a spinoff show in a, of Daryl. And there's also going to be a spinoff show of Carol. And okay. So basically just told us the season finale. Pretty much where Daryl is basically going to walk out of this thing alive. And everything. Because of the fact that he's going to have a spinoff show. We already know that Carol's going to be safe. So therefore that crosses that off. But where do they go with these characters? These two characters. I feel like Daryl has grown enough to the point where. Where else can you actually do with Daryl? What else can you do with Carol? And everything. And is it too much Walking Dead? Is it fatigued at this point? Because of the fact that it's been over 11 years since we actually since we actually have the show going on. Not only that, but even Fear the Walking Dead. I didn't really care for Fear the Walking Dead or anything like that. Especially on season 2 where they were actually stuck on a yacht for a, about 3 or 4 episodes. But I stopped watching that show. But my passion for The Walking Dead isn't the strongest like it used to be. I wish it was. I wish I could actually tell you guys that... I wake up every every day on a Sunday, can't wait until Sunday night to have some popcorn, stuff my face with some popcorn and some soda, and just have a good time watching The Walking Dead. And I also have a Walking Dead fan page, and I just don't have the thrust to actually want to feel passionate about The Walking Dead like I used to. I used to have that fire. I used to have that passion for it, but my passion has died to the point where I don't think that it will ever come back. And do I want it to come back? If there was like a lot of good episodes that I actually felt like that people were actually talking about, that would actually make me question, hmm, maybe there might be a reason for me to come back to watch this show. But for me, right now, I don't really feel like that I need to go on ahead and watch this show anymore. I just don't feel like it. I feel like I burnt out on The Walking Dead. And... You know, like I said, I tried watching a couple of se- a couple of episodes and stuff like that. It just didn't do it for me. I'm sorry if you guys don't like my opinion or anything like that. But I'm just trying to be honest with you guys. The Walking Dead for me is officially dead. Nope. And that's also pun intended. <laughs> but, you know, I just feel like 11 seasons is a good time to actually end it. And I feel like, too, that they should have went on ahead and ended it once they got done with the whole entire Negan story and stuff like that when him and Rick actually fought against each other <coughs> and things like that when everything went to a head. But that's just my opinion and everything. Tell me what you guys think. Do you like The Walking Dead? What don't you like about The Walking Dead? Send me a voicemail message on what you guys actually think about The Walking Dead. Because I just feel like, for me and everything, it's died out. It's time to move on and everything. I think it's time... For us to actually get another show that we can actually feel passionate about. And, you know, there's actually love. To be honest with you, my passion right now is something different. Something that's on HBO. And that's Love Country. And I love that show. And I might actually start doing an after show for it pretty soon. With maybe with Tamika or somebody else. But my passion for, that, for The Walking Dead is just not there anymore. I wish it was. But anyways... Enough about that. Uh, let's go on ahead and talk about Mike Flanagan wanting to direct a Dark Tower movie. Now, if you don't know who Mike Flanagan is, 
he's actually the director who made Gerald's Game. He also directed Dr. Sleep. Now, I'm going to be 100% honest here. I'm not a big Gerald's fan uh, movie person at all. I'm don't, I didn't really care for the book at all. I didn't care for the movie at all. Even though it's close to the book as you can actually get. So, you know, he's one for one for me where he, where I'm like, okay, he made one bad movie for me. This is just coming from me. You guys might actually like it, but I'm one out of a million that actually enjoy that movie and didn't like that movie. So I'm one out of a million that didn't. You might be one of the million that actually liked it. And that's cool if you actually like that movie because all of him is actually subjective. But that being said, I love Dr. Sleep. Dr. Sleep was an awesome movie. And I know some people didn't like the pacing of the film because it was so slow to actually get into. But I feel like that with that type of movie and everything, you actually needed to have that slow pacing because of the fact that it's been so long since we actually got The Shining, which is actually the very first uh, movie that we actually got from Stephen King, which is actually what the sequel Dr. Sleep is actually about. So we have over maybe 30 years of... The Shining not being around. And then, of course, we have to be reintroduced to Danny again. We have to be reintroduced to some of the old characters and along with some of the new characters that they actually introduced into the Doctor Sleep movie. And I thought that the movie was fantastic. As a matter of fact, if you guys haven't checked out the non-spoiler review for this movie, go on ahead and check that out. I actually have that episode on the podcast and everything. I actually do a comparison from The Shining, the very first Shining, to Doctor to this Doctor Sleep, how it actually represents Doctor Sleep a lot better than what The Shining actually, the movie The Shining actually represented itself within the movie. But, you know, I just feel like that was actually a better film. I actually felt like they, he actually got what Stephen King is doing with Doctor Sleep, and I actually feel like he understood the source material. And I'm not saying that every director actually has to follow the source material. The job of the director is to make the best damn movie possible for the universe that he's actually trying to create. And that's exactly what Mike Flanagan did. He made the movie, the best movie that he could possible. And yeah, it made, it didn't make that much money because of the fact with Midway opening up on Veterans Day. So it opened up a bad time. But you can't deny the thing is, the thing where this movie was really good. So, for him to actually say that he wants to make a Dark Tower movie, anything has to be better than what we got from that last Dark Tower movie. And get this, I love Idris Elba, and I also love Matthew McConaughey. You have two great actors being in this film, and it was just utter crap throughout the movie. Not only that, but once I found out the runtime for this film, it was 92 minutes long when they actually made this movie. And I started thinking to myself, I know the Dark Tower, the very first book, which is actually the introduction to the Gunslinger, which is actually called the Gunslinger, isn't that big of a book. But there's a lot of detail that you actually have to get down to the teeth for this kind of story, for you to actually grasp on. And they also changed a few things around, which is understandable for them to actually fit in to a two and a half, well, what they were supposed to do, a two and a half hour movie, but it turned out to be like a 96 or 92 minute movie. But 
they could have, and they didn't use some of the source material from the book at all or anything like that. They used some type, some kind of uh, things whenever you looked at the Easter eggs and stuff like that to actually resemble the fact that this is, in fact, a Stephen King movie. But even then, you know, having those nostalgia factors into it and saying, oh my God, that came from this book or that book or that movie or whatever from Stephen King, that's not enough to actually save the movie. That's a nostalgia factor. But sometimes nostalgia does not save a movie from it being so crappy. So, having Ezra Zalba and Matthew McConaughey in this movie did not save this movie at all. Or anything like that. What they did was they butchered the whole entire story up. They didn't do this movie like they were supposed to do it. They did it in a rush. You can even tell that it's in a rush. Especially whenever you actually look at the cutscenes here and there. It, you can actually tell that it was very spliced together to the point where you don't know what they're doing with it. And they have, and like I said, I know that the source material, I know the very, the very first book is not that big. I get that, but there's a lot of details, a lot of descriptions within the book itself that they needed to go on a hand grasp. And I believe Mike Flanagan is actually the guy that can actually bring the Dark Tower to life. And, on top of that, the part that I really loved on Dr. Sleep was how Danny was able to go into his mind and get these ghosts to be in his head and shut the door and everything and then unleash those ghosts whenever it was actually time to unleash those ghosts. That's all I'm going to say if you haven't seen Dr. Sleep. But, I believe if he actually uses those kind of dark tones that he used for in Danny's head, and he actually puts the gunslinger in the gunslinger world and actually explains the kata, where he actually explains everything, what the gunslinger is, how he became the gunslinger, and things like that from the very beginning, and then advance the story onto the second movie. I believe that we're going to have a very good uh, Dark Tower movie. And. The best thing that I can actually describe this Dark Tower movie is the fact is, think of it as a fantasy story mixed in with a country western kind of flavor to it, mixed in with some type of fantasy as well. And it's a perfect blend of all all three realms. And and like I said, the original movie didn't do it for me. Mike Flanagan, I believe, is the right guy to actually do this kind of movie because of the fact that he was able to make a movie with Dr. Sleep using the source material that he had had, and made it his own movie. Not only that, but the very... Let me just tell you this. To make a sequel to a movie from the 1980s and try to make it its own without trying to pay homage to the very first movie is the most hardest thing that you can actually do when making a movie, and he made it his own movie. Yeah, there's a little bit of nostalgia factor within Doctor Sleep itself, but he actually made that movie as made its movie his own, and that's what a great director does. He does what's what's good for the universe that he's actually trying to create, and you know, I think that Mike Flanagan is actually the right person to direct this film, regardless of the fact that you know Doctor Sleep didn't make that much money. But like I said, it opened up at a bad time. It opened up on Veterans Day, and Midway actually blew the uh, blew the movie theater away with that with that movie. 
on Veterans Day. Because no veteran is probably going to go out and see Doctor Sleep. But, still, overall, great movie. Go check out Doctor Sleep. Check out the review that I did with that. Matter of fact, I actually can... Matter of fact, I think I also did an Adam's Family animated movie uh, on the podcast as well. So I kind of did two reviews in one episode. So go ahead and check that out whenever you guys actually have a chance. So now to my final topic. Wonder Woman 1984 moves out of October... uh, Out of the October 2nd uh, release date. And here's the thing, guys. Not... And I'm just going to be honest with you. I think that Warner Brothers is kind of upset over over the fact that the Christopher Nolan movie Tenet didn't do that much like they wanted to. Yeah, it made uh, $53 million to start overseas. Tenet landed in the U.S. last weekend and generated a more muted $20 million in its debut. That's far the biggest domestic haul yet for a new release during the pandemic, but the middle results don't signal empathically that the box office will soon be back to normal. And with a hazy uh, with a hazy picture of films commercial prospects, Warner Brothers, the studios behind Tenet and its rivals are faced with what could be a multi-million dollar decision stick with a release date for the upcoming blockbuster schedule for 2020 or continue delaying but buzzy titles until major cities are reopened and part of the uh, uh, ju- um, part of the thing is is that nobody really knows how to assess the results for tenant sure in ordinary times 20 million would be a, dis- a disastrous result for a Nolan film but these are no ordinary times especially if you actually look at the b- pandemic that we're actually in right now and stuff like that tenant is I'm going to be honest with you, 20 million, if it was a normal day, there was no pandemic, and it only made $20 million for a Christopher Nolan movie, that would be very bad. And let me explain why that would be very bad on a normal, typical day without no pandemic. And let me just tell you this, it's, it's very bad because I don't think it would even make its budget back. And I'll tell you what that budget is. The budget is two hundred twenty-five million dollars. So twenty million dollars—not twenty-one million, but twenty million dollars—is what it actually grossed in the opening weekend. And if that was actually a normal, typical day without any pandemic, that would be bad. That would be a box office slump right there. That wouldn't be. That would actually just. That would actually destroy Nolan altogether. Because of the fact that you take a third of third from that, and that's how much it actually made. Because you actually have to think of it like this: movie theaters take in a third of what of what they uh, of what they make off of tickets because of the concession stands and stuff like that, and the rest goes over to the box office. And that's how much you actually get by the time you actually pay the PR people, the studios, the production crew, and everything else. Tenant, they make a bit of money at all on a typical day if you actually think about it on a typical day that don't have that doesn't have a pandemic in line so but with that being said this is a pandemic 20 million dollars is actually pretty damn impressive if you actually think about it because of the fact that you have nobody that's actually wanting probably to take a chance 
to go out and see a certain movie or whatever because of this pandemic, but you actually have people that went out, supported Tenet, and made $20 million? That's actually damn impressive, if you ask me. Matter of fact, I'm actually planning on going to see Tenet next week. (coughs) Excuse me for a minute. But key markets like New York, Los Angeles still haven't opened up their cinemas that likely slash ticket sales by the millions. And parts of the country were where movie theaters were able to to actually open up. And, you know, and as we've seen with lackluster tenant debut, New York and L.A. are the sun and moon of the box office solar system. And Jeff Bach, a box office analyst with ex- exhibitor relations, if the marketplace doesn't expand significantly, significantly, they would be full-heartedly to release Wonder Woman 1984 in the same manner as Tenet. Other studios also have plans to unveil high-profile films in theaters this year, like James Bond, No Time to Die, No Time to Die, Disney's Black Widow, and Soul, and Denise uh, Verneau's Star. Others, uh, and like I said. This is actually probably might not be the best time to actually release Wonder Woman 1984 because of this pandemic, because of the fact that movie theaters up in New York still hasn't um, unleashed their movie theater, uh, you know, opened up their doors for for their movies at all. And then you also have Los Angeles, like I said, they're actually the keystones here. There's the affinity gauntlet, if you will, of movie theaters. And they still haven't opened up yet. And it's amazing amazing to me that movie theaters down here in the South actually opened up before movie theaters up in Los Angeles did and before movie theaters up in New York and the East Coast. So it's kind of unusual for the West Coast and East Coast still not to be opened up. But yet here we are down here with our movie theaters and everything, and they're actually opened up. And $20 million and everything, and yes, it's a $225 million budget, and yes, it didn't really make up all its money, but that's pretty damn impressive, if you ask me, with the whole entire thing, especially when you're looking at the pandemic, and like I said, on a typical day, on a typical day where there's no pandemic or anything like that, that's pretty impressive, and that's all I have to pretty much say about that, but Wonder Woman 1984, I'm excited to actually go out and see this movie and support Gal Gadot and Patty Jenkins again. I'm excited to actually see what the story is actually actually going to be about. I'm excited for every little thing that I actually see when, whenever I see a trailer. But they're actually talking about maybe about maybe November or December to actually release Wonder Woman 1984. And don't forget, they actually released Aquaman back in December, and it made money. It made bank. So. Wonder Woman 1984, I think, would actually be beneficial towards the winter time to actually open, for people to actually go out and support Wonder Woman 1984 rather than November, because November belongs to Bond, if Bond is still going to open up in November, that is. But I'm excited for uh, No Time to Die as well. I'm, ex- I'm a big, huge James Bond fan as well. And then, of course, you still have movies that are still on the back burner right now, too. You also have the sequel to Top Gun as well, Top Gun Maverick. You also have uh, other films that got pushed back all the way until next year, like the new Saw movie. You also have 
uh, the new Ghostbuster movie. You have tons of other movies that actually got pushed back all the way up until 2021, including Morbius. Morbius was actually supposed to come out this year in October, which was one of my top movies that I wanted to see. But anyways, I'm getting a little bit off topic. But for me, changing it to November, December, so the way that the studios can actually make their money back and be able to actually have a good track record for their box office, I'm all for it because $20 million on a $225 million budget and everything, it's it's impressive, but it's also not good at the same time because of the fact that we are facing a pandemic and it should have actually made over $125 million on the opening day for a Christopher Nolan movie. Like I said, it's uh, the other $20 million that it could have made got muted because of the pandemic. So there's that. So, I know that I said that this was going to be my last subject, but there's one little piece of information that I actually forgot to mention. And that is the fact that Jamie Foxx and his producing partner, Darity Turner, have signed an overall deal with Sony Pictures Entertainment to develop and produce feature films. The first film project in development that Foxx, and Turner are producing for the studio under their new deal is an untitled action thriller written by Joel Taylor and Tony Rottenmere, which Fox is also set to star in. Not only is Fo- Jamie Fox one of the most talented and decorated actors in the world, he also is an idea machine and Sanford Panish president at Sony Pictures Picture Group as a company we have lucky to, do- to work with Jamie. And I have to say, Jamie is one of those talented actors and everything. He's right next to Chadwick Boseman. As a matter of fact, you know, I have to say they're both tied. There's no contest between the two of them. Jamie Foxx just transfers his energy into those characters, just like Chadwick Boseman does whenever you actually look at Gut On Up, when you actually look at other movies that he's in, Jackie Robinson. And Jamie Foxx is actually the same way. And I loved him in Project Power. I thought he did a really good job in the film. Project Power is actually on Netflix now if you haven't seen it. If you haven't also, if you haven't checked out our review for Project Power, go ahead and check out the Project Power movie review that Tamika and I did a few weeks ago. As a matter of fact, you can actually look at that on YouTube and you can also check that out over here on the audio only podcast, wherever you actually get your podcast from. But I think that having Jamie Foxx to actually sign a deal with Sony for a picture deal to actually make some movies, I'm all for it. I love Jamie Foxx as an actor. I think he's actually has done a great job. Like I said, he can transfer into transform into any character. And, for instance, Ray, you also have him going to be in the new Mike Tyson movie. And then, of course, you also have him doing all the... Do, he's good with comedies. He's very transformed. He, I, I, I don't know the exact word that I'm actually looking for. But he's very good at what he does. And if he wants to sign a deal with Sony Pictures, I'm all for it. And not only that, but having Jamie Foxx's name attached to Sony would actually gra- gravitate to, uh, towards people to actually check out movies because Jamie Foxx is actually in them. I know we live in a day and age where the actor does not really sell the movies anymore or anything like that. It used to be a big thing back in the 90s, but it could actually generate some money for Sony again. Because don't forget, Sony's actually in a bit of a slump right now, if you actually think about it, whenever it comes down to their movies. And to have Jamie Foxx to sign over with 
with Sony is actually a good thing. I'm actually interested in knowing what this untitled thriller thing that he actually has in store for us. I'm excited for it. And then, of course, you know, he's, like I said, he's going to be in Mike Tyson. He's got other projects on the table as well. The only movie that I could actually say that I didn't like him in was in was Amazing Spider-Man, which is not his fault. It was the direction, the storytelling, and everything else that was laid on the paper from script to screen that was the main problem. And the direction that they actually chose to go in was the main problem. The problem was not Jamie Foxx. The problem was the film itself. But that's a story for another day. So anyways, guys, that's pretty much everything that I really wanted to touch on for tonight's topics. <coughs> I hope, Excuse me. But I hope that you guys actually enjoy the show. And like I said, we actually have a website up now. It's called www.movielovesunite.com. We actually have a place that you can actually donate towards the show if you guys choose to actually donate towards the show. That is www.buymeacoffee.com slash movieloversunite. Matter of fact, I'm actually going to have that in the show notes along with the website that you guys can actually find. And also, too, guys, I'm also going to be trying to do a little bit of a giveaway giveaway later on. I'm just trying to figure out my angle on how I want to actually do it, so stay tuned for that. And one other thing that I want to mention is this. We actually have a Pinterest now, so you guys can actually follow us on Pinterest. We actually, we have an Instagram. We also have uh, a Facebook page, of course, that I have that I've had up for about five or six years now, so follow us on there. You can also follow me on Movie Lovers Unit on on Twitter, you can also follow me on on Twitter at John DeGregorio85, and also too, you can also follow me on Instagram at Movie Lovers TV Lovers Unite, and also with my personal account at John DeGregorio85, and then of course you also have the Facebook page itself, and you also have the main website www.movieloversunite.com. And check out some of the stuff that Tamika and I have done. She's just a fantastic co-host. She's a fantastic friend of mine. I hope that you guys enjoy the show. And also, too, if you guys want to, go ahead and leave me a voicemail message. And I'll play that for the show on the next show and everything. If you guys have questions, if you guys want me to do some topics, send them in and everything. And I'll take them. I'll take anything that you guys actually give me. Because I'm actually, I love the, I'm the type of person that loves to talk about stuff within this community so go ahead send that in and always until next time stay safe guys and until next time bye bye